What if I told you that it actually isn't you that holds you back from living the life that you want, from doing the things that you want to do, from improving your mental health, from leaving that relationship, from changing that career? Like, what if I told you it wasn't you, but it was a lack of awareness about how you and your mind work together. You see, our brains are hardwired for safety and any change that starts to show up in your life is it interpreted in the brain as a risk. So your brain will work really hard 24-7 shutting you down, keeping you small, stopping you from doing the things that maybe you know you need to do or that you just want to do. You know, in this episode, we are going to look at the nature of anxiety, how it shows up and keeps us in our comfort zone and what to do about it. Massive welcome to the podcast, Shamelessly Human. I am so freaking excited that you are here. This podcast is for you, the human who is so sick of buying in to this story that you're not good enough, that there's a right way to be human, that somehow those quirks, those perks, those imperfections that make you you are something that you need to hide from the world. This podcast is here to teach you that you are already good enough, that those parts of you that you've been hiding, that you've been making wrong, they are what make you freaking awesome. And this is your time to shine and have those parts of you come to life in this world. In this podcast, you will learn tools and strategies to support you in being the awesome flavor of human that I know you can be. If you have been sitting on the sidelines of life, if you have been buying into this belief that everybody else comes first, or that in order to do anything, you have to be a certain way, look a certain way, act a certain way, you know, this is for you. This podcast is going to be your full permission to start rocking up as yourself. You know, as a clinical psychologist for almost 20 years, the struggle that I see from pretty much most of my clients is just this belief that their experience of life, their experience of being human is wrong, that there's something about them that they need to fix, delete, or get rid of in order to have a life of happiness and to just be doing the things that they want to do. And it's just simply not true. If you are experiencing something, then guess what? Some other human on this planet is also experiencing the same thing. This podcast will bring you real, raw conversations from other humans so that you get to see that life is about being messy. It's about not getting it right. It's about feeling anxious, stuffing things up. It's about being weird, being quirky, being different. 
You know, how boring would this world be if we were all the freaking same? This podcast is about you. This podcast is for you. This podcast will teach you how to live your life shamelessly being human. So if you are ready and if you are willing to shake things up, then I am here to support you in your growth and your journey in being human. All right, everyone, let's go. The word anxiety gets thrown around a lot. You know, maybe the word anxiety isn't the word that you use. You know, maybe it's worry or stress or overwhelm, or maybe for you it's burnout or it's just that, you know, butterflies in the tummy feeling, you know, however you language anxiety, what I know to be true is that feeling that shows up, generally that's the one that stops you in your tracks from living the life that you want to live, from having the things that you want to have, from doing the things that you want to do, heck, from being the person that you want to be. So what what the heck is anxiety and how can we learn to manage it? You know, I talk about anxiety as this thing that shows up that is information to let me know that something is different or something is changing or something is outside of what is normal in my life or in my comfort zone. You know, anxiety is the warning sign that we have in our brain that says to us, this thing that you're about to do is different to what you would normally do. And here's the thing about our brain. Anything that is different, anything that is new, anything that is outside of what we would normally do on a daily basis is determined in the brain as a risk. You know, our brain has this belief that we don't know what's going to happen. Therefore, you might die. Therefore, I need to work really, really hard to stop you from doing the thing. Now, your brain, that automatic response that it has, has no idea that doing the thing, whatever it might be, might bring joy or happiness or relief or insert any other word that just makes you feel good. It has no idea that that is possible in this area called risk. You know, our brains have this little thing um, in them and it's called the amygdala. And I always call it Amy for short because amygdala is a really long word and I get really confused sometimes about how to spell it, right? So if we think about our brain, it has this little alarm system called Amy, and you can pick a different name, that just really sits there scanning our environment 24-7 for danger. Now, here's the thing about little old Amy. Little old Amy doesn't realize that danger is only things that hurt or harm us physically. It looks for things that also may hurt or harm us emotionally, psychologically, But guess what? A lot of the times we are the creator of that perceived risk or that perceived harm. Have you ever told yourself a story around, I can't do the thing because I might fail and then I'll feel bad and then people won't like me? Amy thinks that's a risk. Have you ever told yourself the story of, 
if I speak up for myself, then my partner might leave. Amy sees that as a risk. Have you ever told yourself a story around, if I go and I quit my job, I'm not going to be able to find another one. Or if I go and ask that person on a date, they might say no. Or if I go to the gym, then people might laugh at me. Or if I try that no skill, then I might blah, blah, blah. Like our brains are so caught up in story around why whatever the thing is that we want to do, we might succeed. And so Amy perceives all of these stories as threat, as risk, as a possibility that something bad is going to happen. So it doesn't have to be a real danger or a physical danger for little old Amy to get really upset and have you respond to pull back and hide in your comfort zone. So what does Amy do when she notices a threat? You know, for everybody, it might be slightly different. And I want to check in with you as I'm talking, you know, what it feels like for you. So the thing about Amy is she controls something called the fight or flight response. And this fight or flight response is designed to give us extra energy and power to either run, fight, right, or hide. And so what happens is, is that when we start to think something's dangerous or feel something's dangerous, Amy starts producing all of these changes in our body. So she might change. I call her a she. Mine's a she. If yours is a here, yours is not like neither nor, then you change the language, right? But my little old Amy, what she'll do is she'll, she'll change my breathing. So it'll shift from my chest breathing. So I get more oxygen into my body from my belly. And once we get all of this oxygen into our kind of um, our lungs, you know, our heart beats really, really hard to kind of move this oxygenated blood around our body. And then what happens is our stomach, it shuts down processing of food. You know, we're going, this is life or death. So what I need to do is I need to make sure that in this moment, I have all my energy to fight or run away. So I don't have any time for digestion. You know, maybe you need to do the sneaky poo or the sneaky wee, or you feel like physically nauseous in the times when you're anxious. This is all because your fight or flight response is being switched on. All of our blood gets pulled to our arms and our legs so that we are prepared to like fight and run and hide and do all the things necessary to keep ourselves alive. You know, we might get a little bit dizzy because with all of that extra oxygen, you know, carbon dioxide is coming into our system as well. You know, your body might notice that it gets really hot or really cold because your body is working like an internal marathon to prepare you for this thing that it thinks it's a threat. Now, herein lies the problem. If you're walking down, well, this is the good thing, right? If you're walking down a dark street and you sense danger and this goes off, it's probably really useful because it's probably going to have you turn around and run, right? So that in that moment, you know, we're like, thanks, Amy. Good job. But let's just say, for example, you're going to a job interview and you're sitting in the waiting room and all of a sudden your thoughts start to say, oh my God, I didn't dress up enough. Look at everybody else around me. They look so much better than me. They look so much more professional. Like, oh my God, I am such an idiot. I am such a loser. I'm not going to get this job. Now, straight away, those thoughts indicate to Amy a threat. So what will happen is she sets off the fight or flight response and all of these changes start happening in your body. Now, if you're anything like me, when I get really like stressed out and anxious, 
my face goes red, right? So imagine you're sitting in the waiting room. Not only do you think you're not looking right, but then your face starts to go red. You start to sweat. You notice the armpit sweat coming up and you're like, oh my God. And now I've got the sweat under my armpit and it's going to be so much worse. And my face is red. And now I'm so embarrassed. And then what happens is Amy escalates the level and goes, this is worse than I thought, right? And then if you're anything like me, because I'm like in panic mode, then I start to ramble. So the person comes out and they start talking and then you start rambling going, hi, yes, I believe unicorns are real. I don't know. I don't know about dinosaurs though. What do you think? And I'm like, oh my God, Sky, why did you say that? You're such an idiot. That's not what they asked. They asked if you were here for the interview. And all of a sudden you're in such a panic and you're so anxious that you just leave. Like you leave the interview room, you leave the building, you you just run away. And when you get in the car and you start to calm down, your initial thought might be, ah, relief. Okay, or maybe that job wasn't for me. But later on, you might think around, well, hang on a minute, I really wanted that job. And I'm really disappointed in myself. And I'm such a failure. And this is what happens. We end up in this vicious cycle of anxiety stopping us because we're not understanding what's going on and we're not knowing how to managing it. And then beating ourselves up later because we didn't do the thing either. So it's almost like when we're kind of suffering from anxiety, we cannot win. It's like this rat wheel that we're on and we're going round and round and round and round and round and round and we can't get off. Now, if we can start to see anxiety for what it is, if we can start to see our thoughts for what they are, if we can start to language things in a different way, then instead of Amy being in the driver's seat of your life, of your choices, you get to be. But firstly, we need to do the work. So what I start to say to people is pick a name for your anxiety. And as silly as that may sound to some, it's so important because what we want to do is separate this physiological, biological response from what you, the person, want to choose with your life. So for me, it's Amy Um, Sometimes I call her Betty. So if you're listening to my lives or my podcast, Betty will show up. Um, Somebody else called it Larry the Loser. You know, whatever you want to call your Amy, pick a name. Then what I want you to do is I want you to start noticing the warning signs that your Amy is starting to take control of your car. Now, what I mean by that is, is when you're driving through life and you're in the front seat, Chances are you're choosing things and you're feeling quite calm and like, you know, if you want to turn left, that you get to turn left. And if you want to turn right, you get to turn right. When Amy's in the front seat, you might want to turn left, but you know that Amy's turning right because she's scared of what's on the left. So I want you to start learning what are the warning signs that Amy's driving my car. And for many of you, it might be in the way of your thoughts. So when I start thinking things like, I'm a failure, or I can't do this, or I'm not good enough, or um, I'm going to fail, or um, whatever the negative chatter is for you, like I'm I'm not going to be able to get it, they're not going to like me, they're not going to love me, they're going to reject me, Um, those people are going to think I'm an idiot, they're not going to like my clothes, like whatever the language that you use, whatever the constant worried thoughts are. Generally, when they start to get loud, Amy's heading for the front seat, right? 
Or maybe for you, you're not quite like me and you're not so much of a thinker, right? Maybe you notice things more in your body. So you might notice that you start to feel a bit more sick or a bit more under the weather or you get butterflies in your tummy or you get more headaches or your eczema flares up or you notice that you just get more sensitive to things, you know, start or you get more angry, more irritable, more snappy, like whatever the feelings are, jot them down, like start noticing, like when those feelings start to creep up, they're the warning signs that Amy again is jumping in the front seat, right? Or maybe for you, it might be neither of that. Maybe for you, the warning signs are in your behavior. You know, maybe you start to drink a little bit more alcohol, or maybe you start to hang out with the wrong people, or maybe you start to gamble, or maybe you start to say no to the things you know you want to give a go. You know, the minute you start to notice these warning signs, I really want you to, in that moment, stop Take a massive deep breath and go, okay, I'm noticing Amy showing up. I'm noticing that Amy's using these thoughts, these feelings, these actions to get me off track. But it's just information. It's information that whatever the thing is that I'm about to do, she's not familiar with. It doesn't mean that I can't do it. It doesn't mean that I'll fail. It doesn't mean that I'm not enough. It's simply information that good old Amy's scared because it's not familiar. If you're enjoying these conversations, we would love to have you in our Facebook group community, Shamelessly Human. This is a space where we all come together to laugh to grow, and to really just embrace the messiness of life together. So come and hang out, Shamelessly Human, the Facebook group. And remember, when you jump on in, please be sure to introduce yourself so that we get to see you as well. And here's the thing, no change, no thing that's showing up that you want to move into that is different is going to be familiar because you haven't been there yet, right? You haven't been in the space to practice it and get comfortable with it and to know the outcome of it, right? Hence the Amy thinking it's a risk. But I guarantee you that if you allow yourself to notice the thoughts, notice the feelings and choose the thing that you want to do anyway, and then practice that thing on repeat, it will become familiar and Amy will get quieter because she will learn that it's okay because one of two things will happen. Either it'll go well and it wasn't a risk or it won't go well and you managed it because you had your own back. Therefore, it's still not a risk. So you're probably listening to this and go, sounds great, Sky, but how the hell do I navigate this? The big thing that I always say is support and whether it's support through friends or family or listening to podcasts or getting part of a Facebook group or watching someone who is actually helpful on Instagram or TikTok or social media, right? Who is sharing the information with you that supports you in moving the direction that you want to go. Because here's the thing, right? 
80% of our thoughts every day are most of the time negative and they're rehearsed from the day before. So if you think about it, that radio that is playing in our head, that is there 24-7 in the background, it's not playing a story or a tune that is supportive of change. So we really need to work on shifting what are we listening to? Who are we following? Who are we spending our time with? What thoughts are we choosing to tell ourselves? You know, you might find yourself say, okay, and for me, it's Tony Robbins. I don't know why I just, I really resonate with what he has to say, right? Brené Brown, people like that. So I will listen to that on repeat all of the time when I'm in the car, when I'm going to bed, when I wake up in the morning, in between clients to support me in getting in the mindset to do the thing, right? Or I will join mentorships where I'm surrounded by people who are going, it's okay, we can do it. Like I'm trying to have another radio station that I get to tune into that is more supportive of me staying in the front seat. Then in regards to my feelings, what I work on, and this is not always successful, right? Like we are humans, but it's about didn't work out, get back up, didn't work out, get back up. But it's about how do I take care of my feelings? And the one way that you can take care of your feelings, and it sounds so simple and yet it's so powerful, is telling yourself every time a feeling shows up that it's okay, Oh my God, I'm feeling anxious. It's okay. Oh my God, I'm feeling angry. It's okay. Oh my God, I'm feeling sad. It's okay. Now, it's okay doesn't mean that I want you to be miserable and I want you to be anxious. It simply means that we are validating what is there. Because the minute we validate what's there and we give room for it and we just, big breath, allow it to be there, We don't have to do anything with it. We don't have to struggle with it. We don't have to fight with it. We don't have to get rid of it. We're just noticing it. We're taking care of it. And the more we do that and the more we notice and the more we validate and the more we're like, yep, it's okay, but I'm doing the thing. I'm anxious. It's okay, but I'm doing the thing. I'm angry. It's okay, but I'm doing the thing. The more we get in the practice of that, it's like, you know, building a muscle, the easier, and I use that term so loosely, it will be to move into the space of doing the thing that you want to do. Now, when it becomes to your unhelpful behaviors, you know, sometimes what can happen is we're like, oh my God, Sky, okay, now I've got to quit gambling. I've got to quit drinking. I've got to eat healthy. I've got to stop avoiding. And then again, we've just created more anxiety. We've got overwhelmed and we're stuck on the rat reel, right? No, not true. Pick the one behavior that you know that you do that is the most problematic and 20 minutes a day you practice working on it and it might be that for me it's um around boundaries setting boundaries so before I would be like oh no I can't go and do the thing for me because I've got to help you know um Billy Bob over there and Billy Bob then became an excuse not to do things for me because things for me created anxiety 
So for 20 minutes a day, I would practice my boundaries. And sometimes that was actioning them and saying the thing. Sometimes that was reading a book about boundaries. Sometimes that was talking to people about boundaries and accessing support. Sometimes it was just finding memes that I could remind myself of and put on my phone, right? Like maybe if you it's drinking alcohol. So 20 minutes a day, maybe you're replanning your day. Maybe you're saying to yourself, I'm going to drive the opposite way home so I don't drive past the bottle shop. Or maybe when you go to the bottle shop, you're going to be super clear that you buy two beers and not the six pack, right? Or maybe in that 20 minutes, you're listening to podcasts around, you know, taking care of your mind and taking care of your body and how to kind of, you know, get that courage to kind of make that choice to stop drinking, you know, but whatever it is, it's picking one thing, right? One thing that if you made significant progress in that area, it would move the dial significantly. You know, when we start managing our anxiety and we start working on our mental health, the worst thing that we can do is say to ourselves that we need to do everything all at once and we need to fix everything all at once. Because again, what we do is we're feeding anxiety. We're feeding Amy. We're showing up and going, oh my God, look at all this risky stuff and change that I'm going to do. And when I do that, it's going to be terrible and blah, 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 blah. Like we're putting Amy on steroids here, right? Whereas if we stop and we breathe and we just start noticing, like I'm noticing my thoughts. So I'm starting to separate them from me. I'm noticing my feelings. I'm making them okay. And I'm separating them from me. I'm noticing my behavior and I'm choosing one thing instead of, you know, punishing myself for the rest of them and I'm just going to work on the one and let the other ones go and we start to just (sighs) calm things down and slow things down we get to stay in the driver's seat for longer which means we get more access to our life to our choices and to make positive change now here's the thing it's okay if you find yourself through this process in the back seat again But the minute you see and you find yourself in the back seat again, you have two choices. You can either stop and then get caught up in criticism and go, oh my God, I'm such an idiot. I'm back in this back seat again and I can't do this and it's too hard and I failed. You can get caught up in that bullshit story again. Or you can go, oh my God, high five. How awesome is it that I have noticed that I'm in the back seat? Because the fact that I've noticed it means I can do something about it and then I can go back to my process and I can follow through on the things that Sky said or that somebody else has told me so that I can get back in the front seat. And that's how you take charge. Taking charge doesn't mean being in the front seat 24-7. It means learning, one, how to be there longer. But then two, if you're in the back seat, knowing how to get back in the front. So I really want you to start thinking about one thing, one thing in your life that anxiety or Amy has labeled as a risk. And I really want you to think about what are the steps right now that I can start taking to move my life in the direction of the thing that I want to do, because your life is yours. It's not Amy's, it's not anxieties, it's not the fight or flight responses, it's yours. You get to choose. You get to do the things that you love. You get to show up in the way that you want to show up. You get to be whoever it is that you want to be. But first, we need to sit and breathe and learn to manage this thing called anxiety. Anxiety. 